You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. The fixtures are out this week and the transfer window officially opens soon. With that in mind, as promised, we're taking a deep look at the state of the Nottingham Forest squad with a focus on the players whose futures are in the balance a little bit. Joining me to discuss all that, first of all, is Red's fan of Forest Garibaldi's Greg Mitchell. Hello, Greg. How are you? Yeah, good. Enjoying the enjoying the break. Looking forward to all the rumours starting, but it's good so far. Uh, Michael Temple's just unmuted himself after I muted him from the cutlery rattling because he's on the road. How are you, Temps? Yeah, good, mate. I'm not in Dubai, Vegas, or where else footballers go at this time of year. I'm in uh, in Gloucester East. The best services in Britain en route to Devon. Yeah, uh, yeah, second best services. I think the the the, the 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 corresponding version of the same services in Gloucester is repeated in the Lake District, and it's very nice. So, recommendation there. Third guest is Mikey Clark. Mikey, you well? Yeah, I'm really good, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to mute Temps unless he speak. There he is. Unless he's speaking because of the family vibe that's going on. Uh, yeah, good. Thank you. So, like I said, we're going to go through the squad, uh, touching on each player quickly, but focusing more on a few of the players who look like them they you know their futures in the balance as i said we'll do that uh, the fixture on thursday so i'll have a quick mention for that and then any of any other business as normal so um i'll rattle through the goalkeepers quickly because it's pretty pretty clear you know wayne hennessy number two is probably gonna stay uh george shelby is the third choice keeper who might be out on the loan and dean henderson we think is probably going to be the the number one as the hope anyway uh greg would you be happy with hennessy carrying on as number two there was a bit of a lack of faith shown in him when they went and got nevers but would you be happy with him carrying on yeah but i do think that horvath might be an option for number two as well just because i don't think luton are going to take up the option with him are they so he's going to be in the mix whether he's pre-season or whether he's already got a club lined up so i don't think it's set in stone that that number two spot yeah, I was going to come on to loan players at the end. I mean, actually, I'll mention the loan out players out on loan now. It just shows how bloated this squad is. We weren't going to touch on them, but like Greg mentions Horvath reasonably. So um, Horvath, Panzo, Larea, Fauna, Ajada, Brandon Aguilera, Lower Kembe, so all out on loan last season. We've not even mentioned Harry Arter in this long list that I've got. So there's a massive squad at Forest. Like Temp said last week, there's a lot of players who are going to have to go before some can be brought in realistically. So, yeah, Horvath is certainly a possibility. Um, defensively, I think we'd all agree Felipe and Niakate are nailed. Aurier as well, obviously, um, which would leave uh, Worrell, Bianconi, Bolly, Cook, Toffolo, Williams as the uh, other kind of pretty cemented players. Mikey, is a slight question over Worrell and Bolly. I'll come on to McKenna, but those two are out of contract at the end of the season. Any temptation to sell either of them or let contracts run down or off the new contracts? What are you doing with those two? No, absolutely not. I, I think that, I think Joe Worrell's pretty integral. I think he proved at the back end of last season um, how useful he can be in that three and even at right back for one of the games. So... I think I'd be looking to to tie Worrell down, if only to protect the asset, because he's what is he? He's English. He's what he's twenty six. You know, he's not peaked as a footballer yet. So you'd like to think, you know, after after a few months in the Premier League, he's getting used to it. He's only going to get better. So I'd like to see a new new contract for him. I think Bolly surprised us all. I wasn't enamoured with the signing initially, but I think when he came in, I think it 
it coincided with one of our best defensive runs um, around the start of the season. So I think I'm not too sure that I'd be looking to extend his contract, but I certainly wouldn't be wanting to get him out the door if it was me. So I think for me, a new contract for Worrell, and I think I'd keep Bolly for the year and just see how things progress throughout the season. If at the second half of, uh, of the season, uh, there's a move on or we look to upgrade and maybe move him on there. But um, I'd certainly keep Bolly for the for the foreseeable, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you know, Bolly's 32. He's not a player you want to hang your hat on longer term necessarily. And, and Worrell certainly proved himself worthy of a new contract. So I'd go along with that. The first player I really want to focus on is the athletic version of Greg Mitchell. Slightly angry looking version of Greg Mitchell there. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, people, am I? <laughs> people say it, and not just not just me. <laughs> Talking about Scott McKenna for those who are listening, not watching. So um, Scott McKenna temps. I don't know. Uh, he feels to me like he's on that borderline case because he, he injuries cost him a lot last season. He was kind of level pegging with Wall, but he's probably dropped down the pecking order sufficiently that you think he's in a bit of bother now. Yeah, he could be. And we spoke about the um, the challenge of getting players out the door, didn't we? So I think he's probably in that maybe column. And if the right offer um, came in, um, he, he probably would be part. We're looking to upgrade. I agree with everything that Mikey said. Bolly's the man for now, but he's not the man for two years' time if you're trying to establish yourself in, in mid-table. I hope he sticks around long enough so I can buy him a beer back after the one he got me and everybody in Bombay after the Arsenal fixture. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Scotty Mack uh, might find himself towards uh, the, the bottom of that um, depth chart at, at centre-half. I think he, he could well be on his way in this window. Would you kind of, if you were selling Greg, would it be, you know, I guess it'd be reluctantly, or would you keep him or not? It's hard just because of what happens when we have to pick the 25-man squad. But if he'd have stayed fit last season, I don't think this would have been a discussion because when he played, we were better for it. You know, the clean sheets were there. He's such a he's a real quality player that's progressed through the championship, which we, we, we love to see. But it just depends who we get in. If we get another Felipe, then there's not really an argument, is there? But I don't think it's possible. So I do think he's very much the best of the the bunch in that defensive pick if we're having the discussion on who stays and who goes. It's just a real tough one. He's got to have an Incredible pre-season. He really has a fitness, you know, an injury-free pre-season to be in contention. But, uh, yeah, it's a real tough one. I'd keep him, I would. It's a tricky one, isn't it, Mikey? Like, I'll put a few of the comments up. Um, John Michael White says he proved he's capable when fit. Um, Scott, sell if there's another left-sided player available. And um, Greg Oram, top championship defender. Not sure he's truly good enough for the PL. That's the thing, isn't it, about kind of upgrading is probably what Forrest needs to keep doing and McKenna, it might be kind of regrettably, you part company and shake hands, you think? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I kind of, I get, I get the points people are saying, I kind of agree with most of them. I think if we're going to go with a back three, you are going to be going to need six centre-backs, right? So I don't think we've got that now. So unless we can bring in somebody of, of higher quality, then I think you look to either keep McKenna or maybe even extend his contract because of protecting that value. So if you sold Scott McKenna now, what would he go for? I mean, I'm clutching numbers out there. What, five, 10 million? I'm not sure, maybe more. But if he's got three, four years on his deal, then he goes for significantly more. And I understand the risks associated with that. 
But I think I go back to what Greg just said just now. You know, when he did get in the team, when he was fit at the start of, start of the season in particular, um, he looked pretty solid. And and a bit like Joe Worrell, he's, he's never played at this level before. He's, he's getting accustomed to it. And I can only see him making that step on. So it's like anything. If, if there's better out there we can bring in, then absolutely I'd look to move on. But for the time being, I don't think he's one that I'd, I'd actively pursue to get out the door, if that answers the question, Matt. His fee's a difficult one, isn't it? I think he's another one with a year left on his contract. So what do you get for him? I mean, five million is probably even ambitious because of that, even if he's a full Scotland international. And I don't think he ever let Forrest down. Obviously, that mistake against Bournemouth kind of hangs over him. But literally every player made mistakes last season. So I don't think you can, you know, kill him off for that. But I, I personally think it's probably one where, like Greg said, if you get someone else in and they're better, he's shuffled down the, the ranks sufficiently that he probably is the one who goes. Um, moving into midfield, there's probably a clearer picture here. Um, Yates, Mangala, Danilo would all stay. I assume Kriate would stay. He's got a year left on his contract. I don't see any reason to sell him. And that leaves a few question marks over quite a few players, probably starting with... Uh, we'll start with Remo Freuler, who was such a nailed-on player, but... Uh, he, Forest were a better team without him at the end of the season. Uh, do you think Temps? Uh, I mean, he's a proven international footballer and he's got a great career behind him. But maybe he's just one way he might not fit the style that Forest are going with, and you know, you try and move him on and recoup as much money as you can. He's so far from our starting level at this moment in time. I think, given the um, obvious targeting of more central midfielders that can help us become a front foot side, maybe a possession team. Um, he's just not going to cut the mustard. He hasn't cut the mustard towards the back end of the season where there was that huge upsurge in, in form off the back of a pretty bold decision to um, to, to leave him out. He's one of those. He, he hadn't necessarily done too much wrong, but there was no game I can think of really when his level got much beyond the seven, seven and a half out of ten. Um, a lot of football purists will tell you, you know, a lot of unseen um, stuff he does, the, the positional awareness, the, the, the leadership and all the rest of him. The reality is we're a, better, we're a better team without him in that central midfield. The mix of Yates, Mangala, Danilo um, is what led to that upsurge. I think Koyate definitely has um, a role to play in enforcing the last 25, 30 minutes, um, seeing out games, probably not dissimilar to, to, to Bolly in that regard when you require those those physical assets to drop in. That isn't Freuler. He's not going to make an impact from the bench. He has to be starting to add value to a squad and he's, he's not going to start a game for Forrest anytime soon. I expect an upgrade to, to land in his position. Uh, I don't think he's going to abide being told he's back up a bench warmer. I think he'll have plenty of suitors in Europe and he'll, he'll leave in this window. Uh, I'll just put some of the comments about him. He, as well through the season, he's really divided players. Um, Russell says he doesn't suit us. It's, Italy and Spain suits him better. Uh, Barney uh, formed it better without him. Steve O'Freud has got a uh, longer contract than Kriate, and he is always fit too. He does have a good fitness record. Uh, and Kieran, uh, I'd let them go. We need better. Generally, people seem reasonably happy to move uh, him on. Does he look a bit like you as well, Greg? I don't know. No. <laughs> Let's move on. I suppose it's the same question, Greg. Does it feel like a good player, but maybe not a good player in this Forest team? 
Yeah, he certainly got a lot of chances, didn't he? And it was always the frustration with him. And when, like, that's one thing I'd say, probably Cooper didn't make that change quick enough. That's probably the only negative of last season for me. And when he did, we improved dramatically. So, Bruce in the pudding there. I don't think he does, like all the comments say, he doesn't really fit the way we're aiming to play and the way we're aiming to pick up more points, especially on the road. So, for me, you you make a space by, by moving Freuler on. Do you have to take a loss on him, Mike? Or do you think you can recoup the fee? I think it was about nine million. Uh, yeah, you, you'd probably be lucky to get that. I think the only thing I'd add to what what the guys are saying is, I spoke to a few people in and around the club at the start of the season, and they were really excited about Froehler. I mean, really excited about him. So I don't know whether he's underperformed in terms of expectations or what, but I think the general general view from you know all the comments here and and, and everybody on here. Um, is that maybe he's, he's not one that we should be looking to sort of bank on for next season. So, you know, you're going to bring in 30 signings, some are going to hit, some are going to miss. But I think in Froehler's defence, I think he was, he did start all right. And, you know, you look at the running stats, I know, you know, stats on everything, but he does run a bit. So he does just put in the work effort. I just think we've evolved as a team more now. And I agree with Temps, you know, I can't really see him starting anytime soon. So I think, unfortunately, he is probably one I'd be looking to move on. I don't think the conductor tag necessarily did him any favours because you come in as the conductor, it means you'd be dominating the ball and controlling possession in a team which didn't have possession. So, yeah, I don't think that that helped him out, unfortunately. So, good player, nothing against him. But, like, I mean, Stephen makes point he played out of position. I'm not really sure what his best position is, perhaps a little more advanced, but then there's other players who did better in that role as well. So, yeah. Perhaps regrettably, another one where you you shake hands and say, uh, let's go. Now, this player is one that I don't think there's going to be so much debate over. John Joe Shelby. Does he look like Greg as well? Does he look like <laughs> Greg, can I focus off of the one with you with no hair? Greg, can you make any case where you would want John Joe Shelby at the football club next season? No. That's it, really. He's just done nothing. Doesn't sound like he's very much got involved off the pitch with them. It just doesn't seem like he's, he's someone who's enjoyed Nottingham. So for much as for him and for us, move him on again, it's going to be a loss, isn't it? Like financially, but sometimes I think we've got to do that. And I don't think the owner's going to be scared of doing that either. I think uh, hopefully there's a team out there who wants him because that's mm. the other issue when there's no one there like you, Harry Hart, is then they're just here, aren't they? And you can do nothing about it. Temps, has it gone so badly that at best you get a free transfer and you don't have to pay any more of his wages, or at worst you have to pay him up to go somewhere else? Forest are going to be paying John Joe Shelby in some way, shape or form next season. I think even if it was a loan arrangement, the um, the, the club taking him on would be so aware of our desire to offload that they would negotiate a percentage of that those those wages being covered by Forest, and that's that's a real shame. I'm not going to be drawn on any of the off-field stuff or you know bits we've heard second-hand, third-hand. When he's put on that red shirt for us, he's been terrible. The lack of intensity defensively, um, his promised range of passing, aside from the Emmanuel Dennis goal against Newcastle, for me, just became lumping channel balls um, with, with no finesse whatsoever. Under-delivered massively, won't play for Forrest again. Wherever he needs to go, I'll drive him. <laughs> I suppose Mikey he, 
the first game he came on against Fulham, he looked all right. And he started against West Ham and he got hooked and Forrest fell apart and everyone said, oh, it's because he hooked John Joe Shelby. And I don't think it was necessarily at the time. But it's got so bad, like, do you think maybe, say, look, you can play for Olympiacos or you can rot in our 23s. It, it, it's been such a terrible signing with hindsight, hasn't it? Yeah, I agree with what Temps has said. I, I can't see any any way, shape or form Shelby's going to feature next season. I think if you, if you look back to the January window, it was bonkers if you think about it. So we had such good recruitment like Navas and Felipe and Danilo. Mm. And then literally on the other end of the scale, you've got Shelby, Ayu, maybe Chris Wood, if you're going to go down that. There just seemed to be nothing in the middle. It was either massive hits or, or misses or pending um, uh, in terms of people like Chris Wood. But I think, I think with Shelby... Like I said, you know, you're going to bring in all those number of signings. You are going to get one or two that don't tip the mark for whatever reason. And Shelby's absolutely one of them. So, yeah, I concur with the guys. I think I'd be looking to, to move him on, take the loss, bite the bullet, um, free up that money and those finances to, to get somebody else in. I just think, you know, some some clubs and some areas of the world suit people. And, so, and you know, and some are, are natural fits in some areas. And some areas when you just land, and I've, I've lived all over the shop, and sometimes you just don't feel at home and it just doesn't work for whatever reason, the role you're in, the area you're in. So I don't know. It's clearly not a good fit. And yeah, I think it's it's best if both parties are part ways as soon as possible. Really, I think you can make more of it then, Mikey, can't you? And to, to be left out of the team and not have the self-awareness to understand that that's on merit off the back of three or four clips, which any, anybody would have seen on match today and certainly been uh, gone over um, at the training ground. To then spit out your dummy to the point where the gaffer doesn't even want you around the squad for a for a period of time. We all have trials um, in our in our careers in our amateur football. Whatever you you don't react like that. You knuckle down. You train harder. You change the things that are being pointed out to you. But that lack of defensive intensity raises itself again and again and again. And that and that alone is enough to justify offloading after less than six months at the club. Yeah, yeah I, I, example, isn't he? Because he was dropped, yeah. he was dropped more than once, and eventually he came back and proved himself. It, it was, and that's what I was going to say, Matt. Sorry, you literally just read my mind. You know, you you look at um, how we had to scrap and fight for every point last season, and you, you can't afford to carry people like that. And people that have their performance levels drop, like a Joe, to dust themselves off and to come back in the team and then perform like he did, it just speaks speaks volumes for, for his character and I just think Cooper and the coaching staff would have learned a lot about some of these players you you always learn more about people when the chips are down and when you have to fight and scrap no matter what you do in life and um, I just think he would have learned a lot about this squad so we'll know without shadow of that who he wants to keep and I'd be astonished if Shelby's one of them Yeah, I can't see anyone in the comments saying keep Shelby to be honest uh, No, so yeah, we'll move on there uh, last midfielder I wanted to spend five minutes or so on was uh, Lewis O'Brien. I mean, I personally thought he was really unlucky to miss out on the 25-man squad. I know there were circumstances around that with Blackburn and, you know, to go to the MLS. Personally, I hope there's a, a future for him in, at the club. It would mean moving out a couple of players, as we were saying, like Froiler, maybe even Kuyate. You can't carry everyone. But to me, um, Temps... Uh, he feels like a talented footballer. You go back to that West Ham game at home and he was he was man of the match. And there were other occasions where I thought, oh, this game needs a ball carrying the field and we didn't have one on the bench. So is there a place for Lewis O'Brien in this squad next season? 
But Lewis O'Brien can count himself very unlucky. Uh, I don't think he was given a, a fair crack. But at the same time, finance was made available after that Newcastle game where it looked quite obviously that we couldn't live with the level at that stage. That we needed to recruit more Premier League-ready midfielders. The time for Lewis O'Brien probably was last season, making that transition from playoff winners to aspirant Premier League survivors. We're past that now, or attitudinally within the club, within the coaching setup, certainly in the ownership. There's a feeling that we need to do more to kick on. So I think his window to perform was last season. He deserved more minutes than he's got. He can get himself very, very unlucky to be bombed off to the MLS. But unfortunately, through no fault of his own, I don't see him um, getting minutes for us this year. I think the promoted clubs would do well to look at Lewis O'Brien. Great, honest pro. Very tidy on the ball. Works hard. Can't knock his attitude. But if we genuinely want to kick on and become... Uh, a mid-table side, lower mid-table side. I don't think he's the answer at this stage. Fair play, put a great, put a great shift in. No lack of, no lack of effort. But he moves on for me. Um, Greg, you're the least cynical person I know. But if you put a cynical hat on and say football's a brutal business, which is a lot of people are saying in the comments, do you feel like maybe yeah, O'Brien just doesn't fit in at this time as well? Yeah, I think if we'd have gone down, he starts and he'd have been an absolute like critical part of the squad that would have got us straight back up. Um, but it clearly didn't work for whatever reason in January when they had to make the decision and they, they, they did so, which was a surprise to us all. So I can't see with us improving throughout the summer how that's going to change. Like Temp says, unfortunately, because he seemed like a great pro and he, he showed some some real good quality, but he is going to move on. And if it is to one of the promoted teams, it will make them a better team, Every all three of them, to be honest. Mm. If you were ranking the midfielders, Mikey, where would O'Brien be on your list? Oh, do you know what? That's really difficult. I think he's, he's the one player that I go back and forth on in terms of whether I'd look to move him on or, or maybe keep him. I think certain games call for certain types of, of, of individual on the pitch and Lewis O'Brien is a ball carrier and I concur what the guys have said if we would have gone down thank God we didn't he would have been integral um, and I think you said it as well Matt around was it the West Ham game we just needed somebody to bring that ball out it's it's really bad looking bad because he did lose his place realistically to Shelby and we know how that's turned out so obviously the the emotive compassionate side of me thinks you've got to give this guy a chance but if you're going to be ruthless and say, is he, is he the next person to take us forward? I'm still unsure, but it really just depends on who we're going to upgrade with. So if Frawler leaves and a few others leave, maybe he does by default get in that 25. But to answer your question, Matt, he's probably at the, at the lower end of that midfield list, but not because of his fault. So I, I do feel a little bit for him, but I think it's just a case of see how the window develops and I think maybe during the back end of the window you probably look to say right does does he scrape into the 25 if so let's use him because he's a really nice little player in there if not then maybe we say thank you very much because there won't be any short of uh, interest in Lewis O'Brien you know because he's a, he's a really good player so those teams that came up for example pretty sure a couple of them are going to be sniffing around him so we just need to do what's right for the lad as well you know because I think he was a bit harshly treated back end of last season and you know, shipping off to a different country. I know what that's like, you know, coming back here, got to give him a home. And if the home's with us, fair enough. But if not, let's sort him out quick. Yeah, if someone's got like 10 million to spend, then I think he's a great signing. I mean, 
to me, he's probably perfect for someone like Leeds or, so, you know, if they'll have money to burn. He's at that kind of top end of the championship, lower end of the Premier League. While you were talking, I was trying to think where he'd fit on my list of midfielders. And if we're honest, he's not above Danilo Yates, Mangala, probably not above Freuler and on a on a par we're on a par with Freuler, Kuyate and um yeah, just in that bracket, I think. I'd put him above Shelby, certainly, but he's not starting and you kind of feel like every transfer to me this summer needs to improve the starting eleven and we can't keep everyone. So I think he's been unlucky and those early season games he showed what he can do, but like I think Temp's made the right point. His season was last season, it didn't happen, so he's probably gonna end up somewhere else. Moving on to the forwards. Again, there's a bracket of players who are pretty nailed, I would say. One Yee Johnson and Gibbs White, obviously. And then there's a whole clutch of players who you could make a case to move on. Um, I haven't done a graphic for Chris Wood, but, I mean, Greg, could you see? Chris Wood's a bit like Shelby. If you wanted to sell him, how are you going to get rid of him? Yeah, big wages, um, big price tag, I'd imagine. How long have we got him for? Just a year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe Apparently not that so, big yeah. a price tag, know. but it's just his wages. It's him willing to drop his wages to play football he's probably not going to is he you know and I, I wouldn't blame him um i just comes on for the last five minutes when we're desperate or i don't know i i don't really see i'd be disappointed if he started first game of the season put it that way um or was even on the bench i'll hope we've signed another taiwo or something like that be, before the start of the season meaning he does move on uh, he seems like a Burnley player, doesn't he? Not a Vincent Company player, but yeah. a Burnley player. <laughs> uh, so I'd, I'd like to see him move on. I mean, the goal, Man City, thank you very much. But I just don't think either of the Newcastle lads has worked. He can't be a starter, though, can he, Tam? It's the way you think we're going to play next season. He just doesn't fit. So he's a 20-minute man off the bench at best. Yeah, I quite enjoyed my tussle with Mikey on Chris Wood last week. I stand by it. Based on what I've seen of him in a Forest shirt, he doesn't deserve too much love. Now, look, I would love to be proved wrong on this because over a long period of time, he's consistently scored 10 to 15 goals in the Premier League. And those that have watched him will tell you they're not all backstick headers. He has an awareness and a sharpness in the box. So I don't think we will offload him. I don't think um, we, we will find a better 10, 15 minute target man. And there is an opportunity for him to prove us wrong or prove himself to, to, to Cooper um, during this, this run of, of pre-season games because he was his, his season was ended off the back of injury, not form. And I think Cooper probably feels he owes it to him to rehabilitate him, get him in that side and see what he does. But again, if we are going to kick on, I don't think he's the quality of player that gets you to that kind of 10th to 12th bracket in the, in the Premier League. I'd be happy to sanction the move if the right price came in. My hunch is he'll be back up until January and I'd be delighted if he could prove Mikey Clark right and me wrong. So, Mikey, you you kind of flirted with the defence of Wood last week. If you want to go all in, I mean, is your case that he's a starter or a good option off the bench? No, he's an option off the bench. So, I, I think for me, you've got to look at the profile of who we've got up front. So, you've got you know, we've been, we have played Brennan up there. We've played Morgan Gibbs White dropping in. The only real focal point we've had up there really is has been Taiwo, and he was injured for three, four months last season. So, I can understand the reasons for bringing Chris Wood in. Um, I think you've also got Surridge, who I think is criminally underused. I'm sure we'll go on to him. But I think again, until we can get better, I think you've got to back him. His 
his numbers and the fact that he's played in historically teams that have struggled and he's still got the goal suggests to me that there is a player in there. However, take Greg's point, I would be disappointed if he started the season. But I do actually think he might make a bit of an impact off the bench just because of the type of player he is. Got to get him fit. Got to play him up front and not on the left, which is where he, we, we, he sort of dropped out to on some of the games last season. But I just think, again, you know, it, it's, it's easy just to say, you know, everybody we've signed from Newcastle has been a bit of a disaster. And, I, I, you know, I understand that argument, but I just think there is something in Chris Wood. And I, and I, I do genuinely think if he has a good pre-season, gets himself fit, he might be really useful and he might surprise a few people. And look, I'll come back on here in a couple of months' time if he's rubbish and say I was wrong and, you know, he's, he's not the player he was two or three years ago for Leeds or even for Burnley and we should look to move him on. But I just think you've got to give the lad a chance. You know, he came on, he scored against Man City, started doing all right and then he got injured. So let's give him the pre-season, let's see what he's all about and then let's let's make a judgment call uh, after, I don't know, six to ten games. Just give, give him a bit of a chance to make his impact, I think. Mm. Someone in the comments made the point you could try and use him as a make-weight in a deal for the players, but even then, I don't know. Someone, Lee mentions Everton as a potential destination. He feels like maybe, obviously, a dice player with that that connection, but yeah, I, I think you struggle to get rid of him and you use him off the bench as best as you can because I just don't think anyone's going to take him realistically, unless there's a unique set of circumstances. Um, moving on to a couple of other players whose futures are probably up in the air. Mikey mentioned Sam Surridge, so we'll come on to him. Actually, I'll come back to you, Mikey. You say he's criminally underused. Yep. I don't think the manager thinks he's necessarily Premier League quality, and I, I think he'll, he'll go. What, what's your case that you think he is Premier League quality then? I, I think in and around the box, he's probably our best finisher. So, you know, you, you can look at some of the stuff he can't do. So he's maybe not got that explosive pace over five yards. He's... He's not really got the upper body strength of a Taiwo to hold off players. But what he can do is finish. And when I say criminally underused, I look at all the people that came in ahead of him. And I will go back to Chris Wood because I'd still probably start Surridge instead of Wood. Um, obviously, IU playing Gibbs White from, you know, this. I don't know what more this guy has to do. He, if, if he went to um, a Luton or Sheffield United, he'd score goals for them. I, I absolutely guarantee it. And I'd like to think that you know, we've got over that first season struggle. Next season's going to be difficult, you know, make no bones about it. We, you know, we're not going to be pushing in the top half, I don't think. So, um, I just think certainly at home, we need to get out of this having 25% possession. Because once we start getting up to 50-50, you're going to play further up the pitch and you're going to get more chances in around the box. And if a ball does fall to somebody, I want it to fall to him. Because <laughs> he more often than not, he sticks it away. So, I say criminally underused. I understand the reasons why he wasn't starting games, but I just think off the bench, he could be really, really, really useful. So I'd absolutely look to keep him and to integrate him more um, into that 16 and, and give him more minutes, certainly at home, because that, that guy will score goals. Where, where, whatever level he's at, I'm telling you, he's, he's probably the best finisher at the club, in my opinion. Um Temps, he's out of contract in a year, which puts you in a sticky position. It feels like it's stick or twist. You could loan him and extend his contract, but it feels like you've got to make a, a decision on him now. Would you stick or not? Would you say, I mean, of course, don't make enough chances to, you know, to just rely on him to be a finisher. Does he have to do a bit more to his game? Well, first of all, I'm disappointed that no one's mentioned that I look like Sam Storage is bad, um, <laughs> which has been 
thrown at me on Twitter a couple of times now. Um, look, he, he hasn't got that um, elite physical attribute, has he? So the, the thing that's often levelled at Sam Surridge is he hasn't got the pace to play in the Premier League. However, to Mikey's point, he's a deadly one-touch finisher, as we've seen uh, in the latter half of our own championship campaign. And Blackpool aside, um, when he when he shouldn't shouldn't could have had a, a hat trick on previous form, he's been pretty reliable in and around the box. I love having Sam Surridge on the bench. I think he's a hundred percenter, great pro. Every time he he, he comes on, buys into the game plan, uh, runs tirelessly tirelessly for us. He's one for me that I would keep. Um, he's an option off the bench. However, is he going to be satisfied being, a, being an understudy for another year? He's seen by our behaviour in the transfer windows that we're, we're never going to back him as a starter. Is he happy and is keep by being a you know a third choice um, centre forward on the on the Forest bench? If he is, keep him because we're not going to do any better for the money um, when we need a goal in the last in the last twenty minutes at, at this at this juncture. Um, I wouldn't be too concerned about him leaving on a free at the, the back end of the contract. I don't think there's any need to, to panic sell. I think he just slits, sits in that bracket for me as the perfect bench warmer. And I'm, I mean that in the nicest possible way. He's not going to start any more than five or six fixtures um, for us next season. But to Mikey's point, if he can be a regular contributor from the bench, um, he's, he's more than good value for a, a place in the squad for me. So, like you said with O'Brien, Greg, do you think maybe if there's a promoted club who wants someone who can finish but probably doesn't have a hat full of money, does Sam Surridge fit the bill? And then, do, you know, maybe Sam's got a, uh, a decision to make of does, does he want to sit on the bench at Forest or play regularly either in the lower end of the Premier League or top end of the Championship if someone comes in? You'd like to think he'd want to play football just like he did when he left Stoke. I mean, they they didn't have much opinion on him at all, did they? Well, not many good opinions. Um, and he hasn't done much wrong for us when he's played. He's one of the best finishers in our squad. Uh, but I would like to see someone come in for him. I think that's better for everyone then. He gets to play football. Um, and, you know, and we get a bit of money for him, like, say, a Luton or something like that. Because I want to know that we're going to be signing these five or six quality players this season. And if we do, then... He'd still be ahead of Wood for me, but unfortunately that kind of player goes down the pecking order. So if he moves on, it means because we've strengthened up the top where we need to. Yeah, Luton might end up being our feeder club at this rate just for <laughs> one season. Ship out all our fringe players. A um, couple more forwards to discuss. In fact, three. Um, Gustavo Scarpa, who could play in midfield as well, obviously, but occupy, could occupy that kind of left hand of a front three or number 10 position. I'm not sure the question necessarily keep or sell. I think we probably all agree we'll keep him, but so many fans are talking about him. Mikey touched on it last week. Um, Greg, does he get in your 11? Is he your first first forward off the bench or is he even further down the pecking order than that? Where's he fitting for you? He needs a really good pre-season. You know, the injury at the end, well, he had the, the issue he had to go back to Brazil for, but fair play mm. came straight back the next day and then the injuries... Uh, so he hasn't really been given that run yet. He's certainly exciting. Uh, the only thing that's against him is his age. It's not like his Danilo, where he's 21 or what have you, and he's got his whole career ahead of him. He's probably only got three or four years at the, the top end now. So, um, again, he's another one who just needs a really exciting injury-free pre-season. 
But he doesn't start for me. But if he's on that bench and then he starts showing a bit, you just never know. Yeah, I mean, Temps, any player can force their way in and become a key man. As we saw with Taiwo, he was, you know, very green at the start of the season. And now he's absolutely looks like he's nailed on for the start of next season. Can you see that in Scarpa as well? No, I, I can't see it. I mean, for, for Scarpa to have a run of games, he requires an injury or suspension to Morgan Gibbs-White, who um, we have seen now quite evidently. We're trying to build a side around. So his, his fortune is intrinsically linked to Morgan Gibbs-White's misfortune. Morgan Gibbs-White starts for all of us at every given opportunity. He's a very resilient footballer. He can handle three games a week if he has to. So I think Scarpa's in one of those odd little positions that, look, yes, we would welcome him in and he probably is the closest thing we have um, to Morgan if a replacement was needed. But but is it? I don't think it is. I think we're so sold now on uh, what MGW brings to the side that we're certainly not looking um, to, to rotate him. So unless we started to consider using him out of position or using him as, a, as, as an impact sub, I think he's destined to be quite frustrated. Um, despite his obvious flair, um, his, his range of passing, um, his, his left peg's a bit of a wand, isn't it, as well, if you look at the, the, the clips of what he's achieved so far in his, in his career. Um, but for me, he sits in that Sam Surridge bracket as worthy bench warmer, but, but nothing more. Yeah, I mean, Mikey, he's obviously super talented. He's got a, a great left foot. He can also play that Danilo role, but Danilo's nailed it. As Temp said, Gibbs White's nailed his position. Is it just the case, like Greg says, there's a real challenge for him to have a real good pre-season, just make the best case he can now? Yeah, there, there is. I can't really add anything to what, what the guys are saying. I think, go back to what I said last week, I'm not necessarily sure of his of his best position. It, it, it kind of reminds me I'm going to go back a bit now. You know, Ben Osborne, John Thompson, you know, somebody that can play in a multitude of positions, but maybe not excel in any of them, might be being a bit harsh. I've probably not just seen enough of him. But like Temp says, I think he could be very, very useful for us, either as a Gibbs White backup or maybe coming in off that left. I think we're going to talk about maybe Dennis or somebody in a minute. But um, I'd look to maybe keep him. But again, going back to Greg's point, he's got to have a good pre-season. Show us what he's all about. He seemed to sort of break into the side, then drop out, then go home, then get injured. Not really build up any momentum for us to make a, an accurate judgment call. But there's, there's definitely a player in there. The guy won Brazilian Player of the Year the other year. So he's mm. obviously a hell of a player. We just need to find the best fit for him at Forest. So not one I'd give up on right now, but very much needs to sort of force his hand in terms of this is what I bring to the table. This is what I bring to the team. And, and hopefully we'll see that in pre-season. Yeah, I think he's mega talented, but like Temp says, he needs an injury or, an, or a suspension or some opportunity to give him a foot in the door. And then he'd like to think he'd take it. I mean, South American Footballer of the Year, he's obviously got enough about him, but he needs he needs to adapt to English football uh, and have that run of games, that good pre-season. So good player uh, and certainly back him, but it's just whether, whether and when he gets that chance. Uh, last player, um, well, two more I want to talk about. Um, really, oh, just quickly, Alex Myson. I haven't done a graphic for him, but Greg, a young player who is also talented, but he's just not near enough this team. That is it a case of loan him out again, or do you do you sell him and put some clauses in his contract where you make some money off him in the future? I think he's a victim of our success, isn't he? Mm -hmm. I think he showed so much promise when we were in that championship season and exciting, but it's just the way we've gone, the way we're going. 
Uh, I'm not sure his loan at Sheffield Wednesday went as successful as we all thought it would have gone. Uh, so maybe, you know, another loan. You just never know with him. He's still so young and he, he, he is exciting on the ball, but I don't think he's anywhere near our squad for next season at all. So, yeah, if an offer comes in, then I'm sure he'd want to consider it because he wants to play football at the highest level possible. But it, it's not going to be with us next season. No, I mean I think he needs a loan probably. The Sheffield Wednesday one, he's they you know, he went out as a winger and they didn't play with wingers, they ended up playing with wing backs. So what what can the lad do really? He needs to go and play regular games at I think championship level, really. I don't know where he is now. I don't know if League One is going to do him any good. He needs to you know have a season of forty or fifty games. Um did I even mention Josh Bowler? Well, just quickly, I know he's a midfielder, but I mean, is he another one, that Korean forward who I can't name, Temps? Are we going to sign these players and never even see them play? No, you're not going to see Josh Waller play Pro League football for, for Forest. Um, Top-end championship player, had a really disjointed year and ended up where he started. I, I cannot make a case for the Korean forward or Josh Bowler. No. Um, Mikey, I'm going to Google the Korean forward's name because it's disrespectful not to say it, but what an odd signing. Is that one of the strangest signings for Forrest you can think of? Yeah, a little bit. I, I did laugh. I think I think we all said in, in our WhatsApp group, he, he's never going to kick a ball for Forrest. And, and we're yeah. kind of right. I, th- I think going back to Josh Bowler, he, what a strange season to lie that. I mean, he went to Olympiacos to play, what, Champions League, Europa League football and ended up getting relegated to League One. So, <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know why that works, Paul. lad. But no, no, I kind of agree. I, I don't see him as, as part of the, the Forest setup. I think he was almost bought as a contingency if we go down. That's the kind of way I look at it, because he, he'd have been decent in the Championship. But no, I think they'll move him on. And, and the Korean lad, if you can say his name, Matt, he won't kick a ball for Forest. Uh, Wang Yi Zhou uh, is the player we signed, who's 30. He, um, spent, I think he played 10 games for Olympiacos last season and didn't score or register an assist. Went to Seoul back in his homeland. Uh, on loan, it says here he scored four in seventeen. I mean, you know, wish him well, but he's—I just can't see him being anywhere near. This. That's a really odd signing. Um, last player to talk about another player who really divided opinion through the season was Emmanuel Dennis. Uh, two goals and two assists for Forest in the Premier League for nineteen games, but only six starts. So uh, four goal returns and six starts to me isn't too bad, but. Uh, Mikey, he's divided so opinion so much. Did you ever come round to him or not? No, he didn't divide opinion with me. No, I, I think he'd he'd be definitely uh, one that I'd look to move on. Let me let me tell you why. Um, I think again, you know, the point I made earlier around when the chips are down, you've got to put that extra sort of ten percent in. And every time I saw him on the pitch, all I saw him do was give the ball away, not track back, uh, make the wrong decisions throw his arms up in the air, flapping. Now, if he was a free transfer, a young lad that he can maybe work with, that's fine. But we paid a hell of a lot of money for this guy. So £20 million, I think, we paid for him. If we could recoup anything along those lines and then use it for, I don't know, a centre-forward, somebody to come in off the left. Um, I just, I, I was never convinced on Dennis, I'll be honest. Um, and I'm still not. And he'd, absolutely, he'd probably be top of my list, actually, other than Shelby to... To move on, I'm sure the lads might think I'm being a bit harsh, but um, it's, you're going to find it difficult to swing me around on this one, I think. Yeah, I think the fee was a bit lower in the end. It might have been more like 10 million. I think Forrest were happy for it to be touted as 20, so they looked ambitious, but uh, it's still a, a good wedge to pay out. 
temps? Are you as uh, stringent as Mikey in your opinion on Dennis? No, I, I can make a, a case for keeping Emmanuel Dennis behind. And I, I think with him, there's more improvement to come from within. He has it within his toolbox to be a game breaker in the Premier League, as he was not in the distant past, but in his final season with, with Watford in a struggling team where he scored the goals that he did. Now, crude analysis will perhaps say there were there were two other um, extremely um, successful attacking players in that Watford side, and they all got bracketed. And may, maybe we could have had a better return if we'd have plumped for one of one of the others. But I have seen impact from the bench. Um, I think he's a very direct uh, runner. I think that he uh, could be more productive if he if he had more minutes. He's, he's a bench warmer at this moment in time, for sure. But if, if it did click, he, he had that um, tweet, didn't he, about trying to wake up his own demons. He, he knows he hasn't made the best of account of himself last year. He has it within him to be a 10-goal-a-season Premier League man. He gets one more chance to prove it for me. Or I'll, I'll come on here and apologise to, to, to Mikey. But I, I, would, I would make a case to, to keep Emmanuel Dennis as an impact man from the bench in the early stages of the season. So where's he rank on the list of forwards for you, Greg? I mean, assuming it's a one yeah, yeah. and gives White as the first three. I was just thinking that, and then it would be Dennis, Surridge and then Wood for me. So I think he's right on that edge of, if it was only 10 million, I think that benefits us with their options for the summer. Luton, if they've got room for another one of theirs, come in with like an £8 million bid for him. He'll probably do a job down there. I mean, he's used to that area anyway with Watford. Um, yeah, I think you, if you get a good bid for him or if he wants to move, which he may well do, uh, then then you go for it. But if not, he's right on the edge of being that, that player that could come on and do something. And like you say, what is it, four goals in six or something, did you say? I mean... He has got it in him. So, yeah, it's a tough one. But they're all tough ones, aren't they? And this is why it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think for me, like I said, I don't think you can shift Wood. So you're kind of saddled with him. You've got those three forwards already and you want to sign someone who's going to elevate the group. So to me, Dennis is probably the sacrificial lamb in that sense that you can move him on. He's obviously talented. I'm not sure he necessarily fits into the team framework. I think he benefits from being the man in an attack. And he's not going to be the man in Forest attack. So, he, to me, he's one that you sell. But I do think there's a good player in there. Uh, and he did get better through the season for Forest. I thought he started off really badly. But by the end, you could see that he fitted in. But I don't think the manager fancied him, did he? There were so many games where he could have bought him on and he didn't. And to me, Scarpa is someone who's going to need opportunities. And he's like, he's a forward as well. I'd rather see Scarpa get chances next season than Dennis. Uh, as a wide forward. So I think for me, you move him on. I think that just about covers um, everyone in the squad. Like I say, there's young players like Brian Ahader and Brandon Aguilera that we haven't just seen enough of. Um, Jonathan Panzo looks like he's going to Rangers for two and a half million. And we'll see what happens with even Ethan Horvath, who could end up being the number two next season. So there are lots of interesting decisions to be made. Um, fixtures are out on Thursday before we go, dream first game, Greg, for you? I've mentioned them like seven times. Luton at home. <laughs> <laughs> a winner, well, any game's winnable at home, isn't it? But yeah, Luton at home. Not a way I hate playing on their thin pitch. They, they're going to be, they're going to pick up points at home. So 
yeah, get them. At, I think we'll play at home first game. Well, we might have got fifty percent chance. Yeah, Mikey, dream first game for you? Uh, I'd go um, probably Bournemouth at home because of what they did to us last season, and uh, my comment at half time in that game, which was oh, Premier League is easy when we're two 0 up, and then then look what happened. So. Just, just to exercise my own demons, really. But um, yeah, Bournemouth at home, um, I think we'll turn them over and, and have a good start. My only other one will probably be someone like Man City, because hopefully they'll all still be drunk or whatever from the celebrations and uh, not give 100% or we might nick another point, but we'll see. Uh, Temps, anyone appeal to you? I'll go Chef United away. Manageable away day. Underinvested squad. Um, delighted to see Benny Osborne getting offered an extension, um, but I, I think we can outrun him if we come up against him. So, yeah, let's get to Bramall Lane, get three points on the table, and then build from there. Uh, I, I will just say that someone like Man City might be quite an interesting one because if you're going to beat them, it needs to be early in the season because I think there's going to be a bit of a changing of the guard there. You you win everything, you probably need some refreshing for you know, remotivate the players. So, if you're going to catch them, you might as well try and catch them cold and have uh, a small shot at it. But anyway, at least we're in the Premier League. That's the main thing. So uh, probably be back on Thursday discussing the fixtures briefly. Uh, I think we covered every player. Now, Iggy Tommy points out we haven't mentioned Omar Richards. Yes, that's true. Uh, haven't seen enough of him, but uh, we'll see what happens with left-backs and how it pans out. But he's obviously talented and could solve the problem. Uh, and I hope he does well. And Harry Toffolo. There's, there's a whole bracket of players that... Um, are in interesting positions. I just want to focus on six or seven um, because the clock is ticking. Uh, any other business, Greg, before we go? Yeah, I saw you uh, having a good conversation on hurling last night. So I'm wearing my tip shirt, my tip jersey. And uh, I think we should have them as our podcast team for uh, next season. They're, they're playing awfully this weekend because I'm a big fan and all this. And then if they win that, they go into the uh, All-Ireland quarterfinals against Galloway in Limerick. So uh, excited to follow their journey with you, Matt. Good. Long way to Tipperary. So, yeah, we could uh, support them. Do you know, do you understand hurling? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. We've been invited over. Shane, big fan of the pod and mate of mine's invited us over, so we should go one day. Yeah, I'll go for it. It looks very violent. It looks like an interesting uh, sport. So, yeah, fair enough. Temps, any other business? Well, look, the invites that we're getting off the back of this podcast, which we do for a bit of fun in our spare time, is, is quite staggering now. Uh, holiday homes, Matt sold out the Navi, so that's two nights by the Trent. We're now going hurling, sounds fantastic. One thing I want to mention, um, I'm helping my, my good mate Luke Fletcher um, with his testimonial dinner, long-serving Knox Cricketer. The speakers he's got for his, his showpiece dinner are incredible. Stuart Pearce, uh, Lee Wood, Stuart Broad, Jimmy Anderson. So, Forest fans, Stuart Pearce doesn't speak much in knots, but Monday the 3rd of July, the East Midlands Conference Centre, lf23.co.uk for tickets, and there yeah, should be a bit of a bit of a belter. Uh, lf23.co.uk, there you go, that's for the tickets. Um, Mikey, tell us what shirt you're wearing and give us any other business. Uh, it's a VVV Venlo shirt again, the team that lost 13 0 to Ajax. How did their penalty shootout go the other week? Uh, oh, yeah, for those that didn't see, they they got in the, the playoffs where you have to win about 17 games to get promoted. But they uh, they got through one round and then got a draw away, went to a penalty shootout, lost, missed all four penalties, which is outstanding. So I've never seen that before, and that's probably why I support them because they need a bit of bit of help, a bit of work. Um, just 
two quick things to me. Greg Hurling, that's a bit like Quidditch or something. It is real, right? It's not... <laughs> <laughs> no, come on! Not so many Irish fans here. I'm only, I'm only joking. I, I no, you're want, not. I want Hurley, Mikey. I want showing up about it on Twitter. It's fine. I'm only kidding. Um, the only thing I was going to say is, um, just back to Forest. It's, uh, it's going to be really exciting because we're now kind of shopping from the A list now, aren't we? You know, we always had reservations of having your list one and your list two, and if we drop down, it'd be list two. It's going to be a really cool, interesting few weeks now and i'm just really hopeful that we are really um specific with our targets and oh greg's dropped off uh, and uh, yeah make sure that we um that we go for quality and not quantity so you know back end of uh, sorry start of last season when you know we could have held out for a garner for example we got in a froiler now we're debating about getting rid of froiler so i just want the guys to be patient and make sure that when that window closes, we've got the five or six key players that can improve our starting lineup. And that is the difference between scrapping in that bottom six and having a really good season that can push to mid-table. Yeah, when there's more um, concrete transfer rumours, or not rumours, more concrete deals in the pile, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and talk about those. There's lots to talk about Loddy, and it does look like he's... Uh probably looking difficult to do that deal. But we've got Omar Richards, as mentioned, uh, and Harry Toffolo. Uh, and we linked with God, there's loads of other players. Um, Carlos Augusto, I think his name was. He looks like he's going to win some Milan. So we'll wait and see how those pan out and we'll come back on them, certainly. Greg, 52 minutes this week. <laughs> I'm getting a laptop. Getting a laptop. Have Next season, I'll be like... No, you just have now, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks very much. Uh, I know Mikey and uh, Temps have got a dash. So thanks to everyone who watched. We're back on Thursday, briefly talking about the fixtures when they're out, get some reaction to the first six games and uh, the run-in just as we did last year. So um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, Greg, thank you. Cheers, mate. Up tip. Up tip. Is that what they say? Or you yeah, that's, that what, that's what we say. That's what, that's what the hardcore tip fans say. Temps, thank you. Time's frozen. Yeah. Time's frozen. Mikey, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the comments today from, from the guys. Some great, great stuff in there. So, yeah, enjoyed it, Matt. Nice one. Uh, Temps, you're back. Thank you very much. Yeah, I can't read the comments because I'm at Gloucester East Services. But, yeah, good to, good to chat, boys. Hey, one more thing I was going to mention. So excited about these forest kits. I know we've. it's always a shame when things leak, leak on the internet, but those stolen images we've probably all seen now of how we're going to look next year in Adidas Garms. It's, uh, yeah, got me quite excited. So I'm putting my pennies to one side. I'm going to get both of them. Good man, good man. Right, uh, we will leave it there. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a good week. Uh, we'll catch you on Thursday. So we'll see you soon. <laughs>